Welcome back to Fargo Watch Party. I'm so happy you're listening to us this week. I'm half of your hosting body, JD. I'm doing excellent today. How are you doing, my better, a little more intellectual half, Stephen Merriweather? How are we today? I'm great today. Oh, what, why are you so great? Molly is alive still. I almost, I, I thought for a second Gus was going to die. I did, I did. Uh, <laughs> I was a little um, scared. And, and we get to see everything that we hope, that we hope to see. We get to see uh, Gus and Molly and Lester, and it was a great episode. It, I definitely wouldn't put great. I would put good. It was satisfying. It, I think it was a great episode. And Remember, I think it's, we're pres- it's, it sets us up for a great final two episodes. Uh, people don't usually say they set us up for a great final two episodes. I'm like, I feel like they took us on so many, like on a roller coaster. I'm, I'm like, where do we go from here? Oh, no, there's there's a lot to go from here. There's a lot. We'll, we'll get into it and predictions. All right. Episode eight. Here we go. Presented to you by the Modern Podcast Network. Here we go. This scene started, what, with Lester getting a new washing machine, I believe, this, this episode? Yeah, so we, we see this, like, factory, and they're making something, putting things in boxes, uh, and then it, Lester gets a delivery, and it's a new washing machine. Um, and while I was watching that, I had a thought. Uh, washing machines can be expensive yeah. in, in the thousands of dollars. Um, Lester is an insurance salesman. Um, does he, did he not have a policy on his wife? His wife is dead. Oh, yeah. Is Lester rich? Like, did oh. he get, did he get a payout from his insurance policy on his wife? Yeah. We're, I would, I, w- I want to save that to the end because I feel like that's what propelled him to the heights that he is. Now oh, is no, the story of his wife. Think about yes, it. yes, the, yes. But I, I, I'm just talking about like, did he get a whole bunch of money from his insurance policy? They have they haven't yeah. talked about that, but he must have because he's an insurance salesman. I didn't think of it then, but I'll touch on like I said later in the episode when we realize the state of Lester. But I was like, okay, because of what happened. He not only, you know, got a fat check of money, but he's also using that story to help, you know, spread awareness of insurance policies to I needed it. Uh, I I don't I don't think so. I don't I think that was just a clever speech. I think that was we'll get it. But how did he get to the point to make the speech? It's because he was able to tell all of his customers about his story and how his policy came into effect. Maybe, it, maybe. It's an I, easy selling point. An insurance salesman who abruptly in the middle age wife is slain. Like, it's an easy story to sell. Sure. But I, I don't know how you become insurance person of the year. Is this just in Minnesota? 
Because I don't think Bemidji has enough residents no. <laughs> to, that, to make your insurance. But anyway, we'll, that comes later. That comes later. So he buys a new washing machine. Um, there were some really weird transitions in this episode that I was kind of I kind of liked. Um, this was the first transition. We are very different. This was the first transition where the new washing machine is installed. Um, and the, the guy who's installing it just sort of is talking in the background. Um, and you see sort of Lester, his, his picture turn upside down and then back around like it, like he's inside of a washing machine. Mm -hmm. And then the very next scene, he's sitting in front of his washing machine, marveling at how wonderful it is. And then he goes to his brother's house. Like he, he, he talks to, do you remember her, his, his brother's wife's name? Not at all. Cause she barely said anything. Yeah. So th this was a scene like she, she is full of herself. Oh, yeah. so I, I, th I thought there was going to be something between them two. I'm not going to, I know it's random, but I mean, everybody's in the Lester nowadays, but that, that's why. Ooh. Um, so he, he's talking to his sister-in-law or his former sister-in-law or whatever. Um, she's yeah. like, he might get away with probation. <laughs> and Lester's like, for murder, you get probation? <laughs> I thought the same thing. And uh, the woman's like, no, for her kid. And I still don't understand. I, I knew you were going to touch on <laughs> Why? We're talking about legal punishment for this little kid who has a learning disability a but put that aside oh, and all he did was bring an unloaded gun to school when his dad clearly has all these weapons around the house like that's a that's a conversation with a therapist that's like maybe mandatory therapy or something probation i think this is insane it's unnecessary but eh. i think this is insane um, so his sister-in-law, lesser sister-in-law is like, no, for the kid, um, like who knows when the other guy's gonna, when his brother's going to get out. <laughs> and then she was like, I couldn't believe she said something like, I couldn't believe he did it. Yeah. And Lester was like, yeah, kill my wife. <laughs> uh, no, no, she, yeah. And, th and then she was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. But I was Miss Minnesota or something. She, she is just shocked that someone would cheat on her. She doesn't care at all that it, he's that actually, he, that he, he killed somebody. That woman. I mean, she didn't have much of a character to her anyway. And then this, this was the most we got to actually know about her. I didn't even know she was this vain. I mean, yeah, I mean, that, well, all we learned, uh, our, our parting thought when it comes to this woman is that she is incredibly self-conceited. Um, and then I didn't understand the she, she talks about how she's selling all of her husband's stuff. That's right. That's to right. like get some money. But she offers all of his guns to Lester. It, it meant a lot to the brother. So she's just like. I, that's probably the most expensive thing or the most valuable things that they own. Um, and Lester's happy to take them. 
Lester's happy. Old Lester wouldn't have, man. This, this is peak Lester. It is. It is peak Lester. Jeez. I love this Lester. That's why I love this Lester, not this episode. Jeez. Yeah. So, so that scene ends. What's next? Then I forgot she talks to him something about how he doesn't deserve it, then goes back and he pretty much packs up all Pearl's stuff and sets it on the lawn from the sewing equipment, all the, I don't know, the kitchen appliances, like he can still use those pretty much anything that. He, he threw away a bunch of spoons. Like, yeah. why don't you keep the spoons, buddy? Uh, but yeah, that's right. He, he rummaged through his house and anything that reminded him of his ex-wife, he threw away. Or his yeah. late wife. Wait, yeah. Yeah. The, then we're, what, Molly, it's just another one of those in-between scenes to just show Molly comes through and says hi to her dad. And he's like, you're going back already? And she says, yeah, the doctor released me back on duty after, what, like two weeks yeah. to get shot? But we see all of Gus's flowers. Oh. Gus is sending I- her so many flowers. Her dad's like... Oh, you have an admirer, and she's like, "Oh, shut up, Dad!" Like, whatever, Dad. And then she's like, "But move the flowers someplace where people can see them." Like, she <laughs> oh, clearly, she clearly likes Gus. Well, say it. I like it better when she's like, "Well, there is a suitor." <laughs> that was like my favorite little. <laughs> oh, you're so cute, Molly. <laughs> Uh, poor, poor Gus has never flirted in his entire life. Like that man. Oh, man. Molly cooked dinner, gave him the plate full of food, and still had to like shovel the food in his mouth. Yeah, uh, that asking out. Like it was nice. <laughs> I didn't mind his casual bump, but it, then when she even said, "We'll see each other when we go together." <laughs> And he still couldn't, like, it's just like, bro, I'm passing to you. You're under the hoop. Just, like, just throw yeah. it up there. Just, and it's like, no, she has to lift him up. And yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So then Molly goes back to work. Um, she, she's still, you know, last episode, it ended with her being sort of sh- shocked that uh, Bill ended up arresting Lester's brother and not Lester. And she knows that makes no sense. So um, she's back at work. Um, One of the other police officers goes, she's like downstairs with her crazy board. She has a crazy board with, uh, with, you know, pictures of faces and and twine and and Bobby, like, and then pins connecting everything together. Um, (laughs) And another police officer goes to get Bill. Bill comes down. And Bill's like, look, Molly, I just want to apologize. You were right. It was somebody in the community. It wasn't uh, just a crazy, you know, person running through. You were right. You had this down the whole time. Um, and then Molly's like, oh, yeah, but you're still wrong. It's Lester. <laughs> um, and, of course, Bill being Bill is just like, Molly? We're done. Stop talking about this. We're done. It almost drives Molly to tears. Uh, well, I forgot what he says. Something like, you can't always win or you can't always. Like, sometimes you go home sad or something. I forgot what he yeah, specifically yeah, he, says. He, he was like, um, 
Uh, you know, sometimes you're playing the lottery and the first few numbers are yours and you're already thinking about, you know, what jet you're going to buy and how you're going to spend the money. And then the last numbers aren't yours and you don't win and you feel bad, but that's just how the universe is. Uh, and Molly's Molly's like shaking. She's she's almost like just, crying. Because when you know, like, oh, that you're just so wrong, and this man just, yeah, you just can't win. Um, and then she she had that really funny line where she's like, so who's on the case now? And chief, the chief was like, oh, so and so. And she's like, okay, great. You, you mean the man who can't tell which side of the mop to clean the floor with? And Bill's like, he's not the brightest guy. <laughs> Assigned to a murder investigation. Just throwing his cops under the bus. Uh, um, yeah, but I don't, I don't know if you caught this, but right after that, Bill was walking away, and he's still with that other police officer. And a funny thing happened that, that just made me realize that men of that time, particularly these men, just do not know how to respond to women. Like they, they don't know how to, uh, when, when a woman is, is a bit emotional, they don't know what to do. Um, because the other cops like tell her about the cake. <laughs> like Molly is sad and their bright idea is, oh, we need to make her happy. And so there's this big surprise that we're going to throw for you later on. But because you're sad and because we want to make you happy, we're going to tell you about it now. <clears throat> and so he's like, tell her about the cake. And, and the chief's like, oh, well, later, like the guy's got you a cake. And there's a, there's a rifle made of icing on, on the top. Um, I, I don't know how they do that. But, but act surprised later. Like they both, they both left thinking Molly was sad. They made her happy. They made it like, better. Yeah, they, they fixed made it, it better. Yeah. They fixed it. I guarantee that. Uh, oh my god, I thought that was hilarious. I love workplace resolution. You know what I mean? Cake. It was a, it was a pretty big cake. They show it later on, and it was oh, like a yeah. big cake. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was funny. I don't know why the wife came, old Thurman's wife, but I guess they're friends. Yeah. Yeah, they're friends. Is that the next scene? No, I, next I, scene is Peak Lester. Oh. Not, next, not, not, not Peak Peak, but turning into uh, Peak. I don't, another Peak. I don't like, know which ones. Which I, think, I, think, I think he's plateaued for a little bit, and he's, he's, just, he's just riding the peak. That's right. right. You tell this scene because this was a good scene. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll try and take care of it. Last scene. Remember, we left off with Lester nailing old Gina Hess from behind because she wanted to get that insurance money. And he said that there's a couple little details that a good insurance agent has to take care of if she really wants to get that money, even though we knew she wasn't going to get the money. He just wanted to get. Turns some. out he did a little bit more than just nail her. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, he came inside her. Yeah, we we find that out later. Not not just that, but oh. she 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 talks about how she was pulling his pubes out of her teeth oh, yeah. for weeks. <laughs> yeah. 
He wants the he wants the details over here. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just saying, like I, I think it was it was a part of the scene. Oh, it definitely was. Yeah, very descriptive. So, she storms in once she receives the letter that she's no longer going to be getting the insurance payout, the two million dollars she was owed for Sam has dying, and Lester is just you know stone cold. He's he's like, I don't know, Miss Hess, like this. Oh, right before his secretary. Uh, cute little Asian thing says Lester. Linda, Linda, I'm making some chili on Saturday. If you're not doing anything, and she was just like a woman asking Lester out. Yep. And right before he gets a chance to respond, that's when Gina Com- storms. Complimenting Lester about how good he looks. He, he the has, tie Lester has a new suit, a tie. Uh, and he was, a, but yeah, she storms in, demands that he knew something was up. And that's, you know, she's been digging the pubes out of her teeth and she did all this dirty shit for him and she's not going to get her money now. And he's like, whoa, 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 Miss Hess, Gina, you can't just come in here, barging in here. Like, let me take a look at this. And he's like, well, I'm not too sure what happened, but I'll be happy to take a look at it for you. And she's like, fuck you. You knew this, blah, blah, blah. And. At that point, I expected Lester's boss to come out and be like, oh, yeah, we knew this two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, he was just like watching and just like seeing yeah. how this plays out. Yeah. And then the boys get in front and the boys start to bully. Well, because Gina Hess was like, I want my money by the end of the day. And if you don't give it to me, like, boys, show them what's going to happen. Oh, I thought she meant like she was going to get some boys. You can't have your kids. <laughs> I thought she was going to get some of the no, mob no, boys. No, definitely her kids. Oh, man. You don't send six-year-old kids. To... <laughs> but, so then the boys are about to punch Lester, and he just, man, peak Lester, as we say, grabs a stapler and just pop, pop, staples each one in the, fa- in the forehead, and they back off. And he's like, all right, are we calm? Are we calm? And just... Oh, I love it. Yeah. I I think if I were... So after the two boys got stable in the forehead, they were just sh- paralyzed. Like, they didn't they didn't know what to do. I think if I ever got stapled in the head, I would respond the same way. Yeah. Like, I mean... I, that's just the most unexpected thing. To get stapled in the head. Because it hurts. just pinch yeah. it and just like, what the fuck you just do, man? <laughs> and then you like, could see the blood dripping down. Like, oof. And then Lester and just moves it out. Just says, I don't, know, I don't, I don't think Gina has ever got her money. No, I bet they, I bet Lester probably goes back for maybe round two. <laughs> Cause he calmed her down. He's like, you know, if he missed some payments, like I can't, there's nothing I can do, but, and she was calm. She, yeah. she, she respected his authoritative figure. Yeah. All right. And then mm-hmm. there, there's the, the very end of the scene that I think is important. Oh, when, uh, when they're just hanging out in the office? and No, Linda, Linda, right after Gina Hess leaves, Linda's like, Lester's like, oh, I'm sorry you had to see that. And Linda was like, no, I thought that was awesome. <laughs> and just then, I didn't realize that they were going to end up where they ended up, but... He was definitely going to go home with her that night. Like, oh yeah, I, I thought, yeah, I knew it was going like, to be at least. He's going thing. over for chili. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she doesn't belong in Minnesota. I found out who I'm dating in Minnesota now. Okay, now. Oh the- my god. <laughs> who Gina? 
No, 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 chili. I want some chili. You want some chili, yeah. I want some chili. She too skinny yeah. to be making some chili, too. I don't want no skinny girl chili. I want some of Molly's chili, personally. That sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a euphemism? I know, that's what I'm like. <laughs> I want chili, Molly's chili. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking like the skinny girl cocktail. Like I don't want no skinny girl chili. Like give me the all fat chili. Hey JD, can you come out? You want to come over tonight? You making chili? <laughs> <laughs> Is she thick? No. Uh, and I still obviously they're not in my predictions, but speak on the next scene. Our officers, Key and Peel, what are their names? They're going to somehow play a bigger factor. Budge and Pepper. Budge and Pepper. You know, I, this should have been my prediction last week. They, they, we see them in a federal office building. Uh, they're being sort of escorted by their boss to what I thought was originally going to be like a conference room so they could talk it out. But it's to uh, like a, a, a file room like downstairs or something. Yeah. Um, and they're being punished because 20 plus people were murdered while they were in front of the building sitting in their car. <laughs> I still don't know if they just were like doing surveillance and didn't want to intervene. Cause like the dude, he, you might not have seen the gun, but if you just see you don't someone hear walk- yeah. And and then they even kind of talk like, oh, something's happening, but they don't do anything. And they're FBI. Like, what were they like, doing? They, they don't get up until someone is actually thrown through the window. Um, and then the guy who does it, Malvo, just walks away. Like, clearly, they're terrible FBI agents. Okay, um, see, I thought their job was, like, to not intervene. <laughs> That's what I'm confused. That's what I'm like, what's going on? I, no, I, I, I think that they were, I don't know. If you're part of the FBI, you just don't let a mass murder happen while you're sitting in your car. Oh, like, no, some of these movies we've something. been watching, the FBI back in the day used to plan a lot of these murders. Oh, my God. The Chicago oh 7. God. Judas is the Black Messiah. Oh my God! Fake news. No, I'm just. Oh. Kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, so they get they get led to this filing room, and uh, their boss is like, "This is your new job now. Like, hmm. you fucked up. This thing, this happened in front of you. Yeah. Um." You come to me with nothing but a fuzzy picture of a guy who you think is the guy who did it. Um, turns out not that fuzzy. Like pretty clearly yeah. Malvo. But they get banished to the room. Yeah. I, f- I forgot about that. That was clearly that, that was so obviously going to happen. Yeah. But random, too. I'm like, they have to play a bigger part because I'm like, are we just adding characters the last couple episodes? Yeah. Yeah. True, true. Because um, we see them again. Yeah. Like, still there. Um, and we I, got your I, boy. Oh. Who's my boy? 
Well, both of your Malvoy's your boy, and then the deaf guy's your boy. They're both your boy, and then true, true. That's yeah. So, so um, the, ne- the next scene we see uh, the deaf hench henchman. I think he was Mister Wrench. Uh, I think it was. I think it was Mister Wrench. Um, he's still in the hospital. He got shot. Um, so he's in the hospital because Molly shot him twice, just like she learned at the police academy. Um, and he's handcuffed to the hospital bed. Um, and there's a guard who is sitting outside his room at all times to make sure nothing happens. Um, the guards really got to go. Um, the restroom is, is in, in, in visible distance away. Um, he's really got to go. I don't understand why you don't call for backup at that point, but he's like I don't know. shimmering too, just like, Oh God, Oh God. <laughs> he's been holding that for a while. Yeah. He goes to the restroom and then as soon as he sort of unzips his pants and sits in front of and stands in front of the urinal, we see from the stalls, two feet come down that were standing on top of the toilet come down mm-hmm. Um, originally, I thought it was going to be his partner, but I was like, but his partner died. Like, how is that going to happen? Um, and because there, there was a few seconds where we didn't know who it was. There was just someone hiding in the restroom. Yeah. Uh, turns out it's Malvo. Um, I thought Malvo was just going to like quietly walk past him. Yeah. That's not Malvo's style. He gets like a belt and chokes this guy out in the bathroom. Just another unnecessary death. But hey, shout out to Malvo, another number to his belt. Like he, the, the police officer was not a little guy. It was a big guy. Not not like really big, but, but a, yeah, a big guy. Um, and Malvo had him a good like three feet off the ground. Like that dude's strong. Yeah. He's, he's strong. Um, and then what I don't understand is the police officer, he's getting choked out on Malvo's back, and he's just sort of flailing in the air. Like, can't get out of that? Have you, you really think these police officers are properly trained? From what we've learned. Hey, Molly is. Molly is. But, you know, she's Deputy Deputy Saverson. Deputy Saverson, yeah, <laughs> she's so far bought on the totem pole, like, and then you have yeah. the Gusses of the world. Every Bill Gus, there's a Molly, and then okay, the guy, what about what about Chief Thurman? He was a good guy. Okay, he was a good guy. If we don't Molly know anything about his him, cop skills, if if Molly respected him, I respect him. Also, thirty years on the job, and he let Bill was his deputy chief, or. I don't. I think that was politics. I don't think he got much say in that. <laughs> okay. He can't be giving this man the benefit of the doubt. And, and, and I, I think if I were Officer Thurman, I would have assumed Bill was going to die long before I did. <laughs> All right. What about the other chief <laughs> who unloaded like the cavalry <laughs> or the? <laughs> 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 he just, uh. Like you have an active shooter. Let's take the whole police station <laughs> over there to handle one active shooter in the town. Poor guy. Poor guy. <laughs> like that's peak uh, Malvo. Like you that, can't. That, that is. 
Poor oh, guy. What, really, that, that's, a, that's a better comparison. What's better, the Malvo <laughs> setting him up to die or walking in and just killing 22 people? I think setting him up to die. They, he just did him wrong. That man did nothing wrong. He did nothing wrong but wanted a little bit of money. Um, a small bit, like literally it, just right above like the poverty line in America. It's like, I just wanted a stipend. And then, and then he gave him a, a, a shotgun, taped his arms to it, stood in front of the shotgun, and the guy pulled the trigger thinking he could kill Malvo. And, he, and Malvo's like, you know, I, I, I would have, he was like, I forget exactly what he said, but he was like, I would have been offended if you didn't try. And this... As soon as he gets the tape off, I'm sorry. Like that—that that was that was the most disrespectful, horrific scene I've seen in a long, long time. <laughs> and and to think that that actually happened in real life, like that's—I can't. That's uh, something else. Uh, that's I something love else. The police force. <laughs> <Get it off. laughs> or would they just have? I think we got him. Just. 20 people fire again. Oh, man. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That, that, that scene's always going to take a sidetrack. Yeah. So, so Malvo kills the police officer. He goes to Mr. Wrench's hospital room. He's just sitting there. Um, I assumed at this point, Malvo, this was going to be a quick kill and Malvo was going to yeah. be out. But Malvo's sitting there for a little bit. Um, cocky. He is cocky. The guy wakes up and he's like, I killed your partner. You're you don't have a job anymore. I don't know if you've read the news lately, but I killed your boss too. Um and and the the guy and he's like, "Oh, uh, I've never met a a, a deaf hitman." Like oh, I yeah, I knew I knew a hitman that didn't have a tongue, but that didn't go too well. Like he's talking about all these stuff, but like never a deaf hitman. Um and the guy's just furious. He's just flailing, or he can't. He's handcuffed to a to the hospital bed. He can't do anything, but he's furious. And then Malvo tells the story of one time he was in Alaska, and he sees this bear <clears throat> with a foot with his foot, the bear's foot trapped in a um, steel or metal cage. And <clears throat> he saw this bear bite through his bone, chew through his bone to get his foot out. And the bear died an hour later with his head in a puddle or a river or something without a foot. Um, and Malvo was like, but he died on his terms. And that was some sort of metaphor for like, you know, when you're a bear you should get you should be able to die on your own terms and so he hands this guy the key to his handcuff i thought i thought i i gained a little respect from malvo at that point i didn't catch that metaphor metaphor that was deep i just just resonated with me i'm like oh damn yeah i i think i think he was sort of recognizing game and he's like we both do the same thing like we're on the same team like you deserve a better life than prison. But then the n- next line was pretty arrogant. What was the next line? When he's just like, 
if you still feel the need to come after me or something, once you get out, come and see me or something. Yeah. And he's like, people have gotten close, but never as close as you. <laughs> so if you, if you still feel the need to, to come talk, like to come after me, come and talk to me. Yeah, that, that was arrogant. Like, damn, you let a man free. It's just like, hey, if you want to kill me, like, I'll be <laughs> ready for you. Like, damn. Like, you, you caught me by surprise once. It's that, it's that, like, it reminds me of that, of that somewhat famous George Bush quote. He was, oh, he was yeah, talking to a group of people, or... and he's like, we have a saying in Texas. They might have in Tennessee or other places, but we definitely have a saying in Texas. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, you ain't going to shame me again, or you ain't going to fool me again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that embodies Malvo. That's what he was bad with the million dollar scene, but he's only earned my respect over the last. I don't couple understand episodes. what what happened to that money. Uh, and they still just, won't. It's annoying. Yeah, it's annoying. They're I, just I, 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 they're, they're just not going to talk about the money. Like, of anybody, Milos got away the best. He yeah. thinks he's repented. Yeah. And like his life is back to normal. Well, no, his son died. Didn't yeah, his son died. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're like <laughs> you got terrorized. And that's that's, that's right. That's right. Yeah. He his he repented on the way home. Yeah. A bunch of fish fell on the road, and then he's he he pulls over and sees his like head bodyguard and son are dead. And that and was on the news in the scene where Lester and the sister-in-law were having breakfast. By the way, I'm pretty sure. Really. Yeah, it was either, like they were talking about the anomaly of, you know, fish. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so not, not so good for, for yeah. Mr. Supermarket King. Yeah. Not so good. Uh, yeah, wow. Okay. Um, and then I think the next scene is Molly got her cake. She's at her dad's cafe or, or, or coffee shop or whatever. Oh, that's where uh, they're at? I should have assumed. I think so. Yeah. Um, there's like, there's a banner put up, like, welcome back, Molly. There's the cake. Um, and, and then Molly's talking to uh, Chief Thurman's wife. And she's like, oh, I heard you're getting flowers from a special someone. And um, she's like, I think, I think then she was like, yeah, I have a suitor. That's when, yeah. I, I, there's a suitor. Yeah. <laughs> there's oh, there's a suitor, so cute with her little yeah. Uh. yeah. And then and then uh, Chief Thurman's wife is like, well, what's his name? And she's like, his name is like what does she say? I forget what she said exactly, but she said she made up some crazy name. Like his name is so and so and so, and he's a pirate. Yeah, that's what. She, <laughs> yeah. Like you are so she, corny. She's nervous. Like I don't. I don't think she's ever liked a guy like this before, and I don't think she's ever known so clearly a guy likes her. Oh. Like she. She just doesn't know how to how to deal with these emotions. I guess. I guess that's what. And then at the in that scene, we learn that Chief Thurman was not a romantic. Huh. He, because. Uh, his wife was sort of in awe about all the flowers that this guy mm -hmm. has bought her. And she was like, um, 
you know, like Thurman wasn't wasn't much of a, uh, a a romantic. At one time, he gave me a bouquet of poison ivy that he picked himself. <laughs> and you say this man was a smart man. I'm just, uh, I I think he he was a. a Old, he was a, a middle-aged white guy in Minnesota in early 2000. I think that says a lot about... He was a 2000 version of... What's his name? Not John Wayne, the other cowboy from Who's Still Alive. You know, the he directs... He's a director, too. Like, he's in... Uh, uh, you know, the... Scott Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Oh, I, I thought I was wondering if you're talking about Clint Eastwood, but yeah, Clint Eastwood's pretty badass. I mean, Chief Thurman. No, 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 no. But I, and like, I, I, I would not let you disrespect Clint Eastwood. Like okay, that. Clint Eastwood is badass, but he's also ass backwards in how he thinks. <laughs> <There's>, sure, sure. <laughs> that's all I was meaning. Like mindset. Like he's just that classic. You know rough rugged guy who doesn't always has the best mm, I, I would have guessed training. i would have guessed thurman was a bit more sensitive he didn't seem as rugged as cleanest clint Eastwood but he got his was. wife poison ivy no he i'm clearly wrong he doesn't i'm clearly wrong um yeah and then i think the next scene is when she's on the phone talking to gus she's at her desk Gus calls her, and then we have we have the we so so Gus calls her, mm. and Gus is like, um, like oh, did you get the flowers? And she's like, yes, I did. And he, he was like, oh, is it? Did I do too much? And and right then Molly was like, no, I like looking at them. They're lovely. And I thought, oh. That's oh, when I was like, him. okay, yeah. That's when I was like, yeah. She admitted. But then, as soon after that, like right after that, I thought that Gus didn't actually like her, <laughs> because <laughs> he's like, you know, you know, in a, in a couple of in like a week or so, there's this logging festival, and my daughter really likes it, and oh wait, wait, know, wait. I know it's like right before. Is that when you thought he was going to die? I thought he was about to die there when he was parking no, no, his no. car. Oh, okay. No, no. It was right after that when I thought he was going to die. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. get to it. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll come back to that. He's like, no, there, you know, my daughter likes it. Like, any chance you're going to be there? Or, and then, then Molly was like, oh, I, I love it. And he was like, oh, great. Um, we might see you there. And Molly was like, well, you'll definitely see me there if you invite me. And he was like, oh, yeah, I, I, I guess <laughs> I guess we can do that. And I was like, D do you not like her? Like, what's going on? He just, I mean, he, he didn't know how to ask a friend to go to have a cup of coffee together. That's what it was. Like, he thought he was pushing the boundaries or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Another one of these weird transitions. We see the camera. So, so Gus, like you said, is, is park. He parks his police car um, next to like a, a forest, um, and then and right. So right after or, or during that conversation with Molly, he references that his like hearing about whether or not he's going to be able to continue to be a police officer is happening 
in a few days. Um, then at the end of the scene, the camera is like panning through the forest um, at increasing speed. And I thought initially that it was going to pan and there was going to be Malvo there with like a, a like a sniper rifle or something. Oh, and he was he was going to kill Gus in his car. Like that's what I thought because like why else would you pan unless you're panning to something? Yeah. And and I thought they were going to pan to Malvo and I was I was getting really excited. See, I thought they were going to literally. See, I think they knew we all thought he was going to die. Because I thought it was when he was sitting in the car first talking, like, pick up the phone to call. And they panned it. You know, they were showing him inside the car and they were widening oh, the screen. Oh, yeah, that's so right. I thought from the other side of the car or maybe yeah. just either the passenger side or the driver's side that Malvo would literally just walk up and shoot him. Because he was yeah. talking about the hearing and they know who he is. So I thought Malvo was coming up to clean up his, you know, split ends kill and and we know that malvo's in duluth because he just went to go let that guy free from the hospital so and that's what was per i thought he was gonna go finish it yeah 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 and i was i was getting so excited i want him to die so much i was like not at this point (laughs) don't die at this point i mean i hate gus but you can't die now that you and molly are so cute as soon as him and molly sort of profess their love for each other then he was gonna die no, unfortunately not. The camera pains, and it, and it speeds up, like I said. And then we see one year later. That's when it threw me for a loop. That's when I'm like, what the hell is going on? One year later, and it's everything sped up. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't know what we we sort of get hints of what's happened in the past year, but yeah. Um, one year later, Gus is finally. Finally, a mailman. It's what he initially wanted to do. Yeah. We see him next scene driving his, uh, you know, U- USPS car, um, delivering some mail. Uh, that made me so happy. He I finally just re- got to realize his passion. I just realized that. Is it because you think he failed the hearing? So he got. I think so. Yeah, I just realized that I connected the dots. I think he was, yeah, I think he was kicked off, and uh, and so he he applied to be a, a mailman. Um, and then we see his daughter is really cute. His his daughter, they they both have walkie talkies, oh, yeah. and so his daughter rings him on his walkie talkie, and he's like, uh, "What are we gonna do for dinner?" Over, and he he's like, "I, I was thinking burritos." Over, um, and she's like, "Don't forget the the red sauce." Over, over and out. I thought that was so cute. Also, I thought they were cooking. That's why I was very confused by that whole scene because I thought they were cooking and not me too. And who makes the red sauce, or were they buying the red sauce? I don't know. Because if there's left, uh, I I think that he just went to some Mexican restaurant and got burritos for everyone because that's what they were eating and he was supposed to ask for the red sauce at the restaurant but he forgot oh, so he come go ahead i was just saying typical dad stuff like dad pick this up don't forget yeah. this forgot this exactly yeah. so he comes home we see his daughter running down the stairs grabs the bag of food or at first the daughter's like did you forget and he's the like food. no here's the food <laughs> 
and then we see. Oh, oh my god. You see him walking in view from the kitchen. Molly. Ugh. And she's pregnant with his baby, and they're Ugh. married one year later, and they got right to it. Oh, yeah. Right to it with the baby. And I, I, I screamed. I was so excited. I was so happy for Gus and for Molly. Yeah, I was so happy for my. He was already calling her mom. Like, is mom here? I'm like, oh, you call. I love it. Oh, I love then, love me some love. And then they're they're sitting down at the dinner table, and uh, Molly's talking about how they're going to Chief Thurman's like anniversary. One-year yeah, death memorial? anniversary. Yeah, I was memorial? like, yeah. What do you call that? A memorial? Yeah. Um, and and uh, Gus's daughter is like, what is this? What, what are we going to? Um, and then Gus has this line that that was kind of weird. He he said, um, well, I think I think Molly asked him if he remembered, and he was like, of course I remember. It was a week before I met you. <laughs> it's like, like you're using. You're trying to turn this uh, man's death into like. I mean, that's whatever you did. You you telling me you don't say that with COVID? How many people? Do? Oh, but that's different. No, oh, that oh, is totally different. That is totally different. How many Americans died? Okay. But that, that was her best friend. It was her only friend. Oh, her dad. But. I thought and it was then, worse that he went, one of Molly's friends was killed. Like, he could have said passed away. Like, I know you're not supposed to sugarcoat it, but you don't say, yeah, you know. He was murdered by Lester's brother. It just feels a little, <laughs> yeah, I like how you said Lester's brother, but I don't know. <laughs> just say he passed away. Like, you know what I mean? Be, respect the dead. Yeah, he was killed by a guy last year. So, we're going to go. I mean, he, he already, that, that. That day in his mind is, is, is the day that he met his wife. Like, that's a good day. That's a good time. And by the way, did you also notice they were all drinking milk or, or I did, something? I did not notice that, no. Like, yeah, it was, or eggnog. I don't know what time of year it was, but I'm like, with the burrito. That's and gross. Yeah, I was disgusted. It, it was definitely winter um, because as he was driving his, uh, what, what do you call it? Uh, it was car a car that a, a mailman drives. Isn't it usually their mail truck? But he just had a Jeep because it's Minnesota. But it, it had the logo on it. Yeah, it still had the logo. Isn't and he was car? driving on the other side of the road. Or his, his, not the other side of the road, but his steering wheel was on, on the passenger yeah. side like they normally are. What are those um, called? Mail carrier? I don't know. Mail truck? I don't know. But... But you could see that it was there was snow on the ground, so. Um, yeah, so. No. Uh, they're married. So that makes me so happy. I uh, I was mad though. Not that I I'm so pro women working up until, but I was so mad when I saw her put on that uniform. Just I'm like, God, why, girl? You are so big, and you still out here. You got shot last year. I'm like, take your big Mo- ass home. Molly from- is the man in that relationship. She is. She is. <laughs> she definitely is. <laughs> yeah. But 
I, I what I don't understand is the scene. The next scene is the weirdest scene of the entire episode. Oh my like, god, that's the most random scene. You like these in between scenes? That's what I'm like. I felt like they no, were. No, I, I I like this episode. Just this scene was very strange. You, go into it. Uh, the writers <laughs> didn't know how to do it. Uh, I mean, I'll try, but <laughs> Bill was. I guess down at the growth, Bill was supposed to foster a African kid, apparently, like a year or five, six months ago. I don't know. Yeah, like three or four months ago or something. Yeah. And apparently this kid to here uh, was, got the opportunity to come to America to get fostered. And then when he got here, someone offered to give him a ride and took his bag with his papers, passport, money, everything. So he had nothing. And he's explaining this story in broken English, by the way. Yeah. And yeah, the, the, the African kid that he ended up fostering is telling the story. Yeah, yeah. to Molly, because Bill says this is a fascinating story. And so then the uh, African kid got some money from some random lady who gave him some clothes and some money to get him on a bus closer to Minnesota. I forgot what airport he was at and got dropped off at, but he got closer to Bemidzi or whatever they're at. Bemidzi? Bemidzi. He didn't make it all the way there. He got to Duluth and he found the Jan July and January store. And he was, I guess, sleeping near it or in it and shoplifting food there for three months. Every day for three months he was yeah. shoplifting food. And then uh, Bill's wife... Sally loves the ballet and has he had to get checks mixed before the ballet one time. So he stopped into that July and January on the way to the ballet and I guess saw the African kid <laughs> he was supposed to foster or something. And that's how he met him, and they were like, it's a miracle. And then he's now fostering him with Bill. Like, yeah, sorry if I confused that whole story, but I was confused listening. I didn't know. I thought the guy was going to kill them. I didn't know what was happening. That's exactly what happened in the episode. Yeah. And he's like 16. Like, like who gets a 16, 17-year-old foster? At? I don't know. Like, he, he looks like 21. That's <laughs> like, what I mean. I tried. I'm like, if he is a teen, he's a very older teen, but... Uh, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, he, he's fostering a grown man who's been shoplifting for the past three months at the store to survive. And he said multiple times that he thought he was going to get arrested <laughs> when someone hugged him from behind. But no, it was Bill. It was... I thought, like... I was listening to this, and I, I did not understand how this fit into anything. At the very beginning of the scene, when, the, when this African kid is telling his story, you skipped a part where he was like, um, someone came into his village and killed every oh, yeah. woman, man, and child but him. And he walked for multiple days until he found this American who like, bought him a plane ticket to America, land of the free, blah, blah, blah. I thought that that was going to be Malvo. Like, who else just comes in and kills everybody and leaves one person alive for some reason? But this is in Sudan. Like, clearly not Malvo. Yeah. But I, like, I, 
that's the only way I understood how this story could fit into, or this scene could fit into the larger story. I thought the kid isn't really the foster kid, and it's going to do something. <laughs> Like, what are the chances? Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, what are the chances that you're just like, are you the African kid I'm supposed to foster? Like, do you just see any black kid in Minnesota? And it's like, I think he had a picture. Okay. In 2000. I think he had a picture. Because remember, they, he was like, we called, we put up flyers. Like, the flyer's not just going to say, like, black African person. Yeah. <laughs> Authentic <me>. African. <laughs> Not one of the black Americans. All right, this is a real one. <laughs> like I don't. I think. I think he must have had a picture. Um. And that's like the end of the scene, and Molly's just like, "Cool story." Yeah. Like, what a coincidence. Yeah. And then, and then, so then Molly goes home, and. Uh, she she walks into her bedroom. <coughs> Gus is asleep with the TV Sorry. on. Mm. Gus sort of hears her, comes in, and he's like, oh, are you okay? Do you need anything? Because he's a great husband. Yeah. Molly's like, no, go back to sleep. She changes into her nightgown, lays down, and then immediately wakes him up <laughs> after she just told him to go back to sleep. Uh... He turns over, puts his hand on her belly, oh. and she's like, we're good. We're really good right now. Like, we're good. And <laughs> I, th- I think at that moment, she was trying to convince herself to not continue chasing after Lester. Like, right before she went into the, 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 uh, the, the sort of police station, She's uh, there's the scene where she's looking at her crazy board still one year later. She calls the FBI and and she's sort of trying to get an update from the FBI because she thinks that the the murder that Malvo did in in Duluth, she like she knows they're connected. And so once she like gave the FBI all of her evidence and she's just checking in. And I think that scene when she's laying in bed with Gus she and she's like we're we're good we're really good she's trying to convince herself to just let it all go that makes sense i think i thought uh, cuz she was saying like uh, cuz i thought she said right after i thought she said we're good right like trying to confirm something well uh, yeah yeah she did say that but i think she's trying to like at first i thought she's like trying to confirm that there's something right, like good with their marriage or something. Yeah, that's another but, one. But I, 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 don't, I don't think that, that just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Th- knowing their relationship. So I, I think she's just trying to convince herself to like let it go. Okay. And so, I'm not quite sure maybe that this, the story about Bill and him fostering is like supposed to help convince her that she needs to let it go for some reason. I don't know. I don't know. Like some things I, happen for a reason, like just life throws things at you kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that that could be it. I'm not I'm not quite sure what the writers were hoping to get across there, but um yeah. I don't know. And then and then she she goes to sleep or she like and the, the scene's over. 
Um, and then we go back to seeing Peak Lester. Peak Lester. This is all you. Lester's your boy. If, if Molly and Malvo are my people, Lester is now your people. I'm with the tribe. Okay. So where, where do we leave off Lester? We, and then we do see Lester mingling with his work colleagues. The work people love him. Uh, and yeah. we're now, you know, a little bit, maybe a month or so later, meeting in Vegas. This is why I think it's also a national convention. There's like a national. You're right. You're right. It is national because it's in Vegas. Yeah. They're in Vegas at a big conference room, how they show them a bunch of movies presenting awards to the company. And it's the insurance awards. And they announced a 2007 salesman of the year goes to Lester Nygaard. Wow. Yeah. Kisses He's his there new wife with his new wife Linda, the yeah. the small uh, his secretary, <laughs> his, his his secretary who who he's worked with at the insurance company. Yeah, mm. gives her a kiss, then goes up and gives a little speech. If you know more of the details, I know he says it's he's incredibly grateful for the last year he's had. It's been hard. And yeah, so he. He, he accepts his award. He goes up to the podium and he puts on his glasses and he, he pulls his, like, a card out of his breast pocket, his jacket breast pocket. And he tries to read it and he's like, oh, I, I knew I should have memorized this. And he puts it back and he takes his glasses off. And then he's like, he like says to himself, like, just from the heart or something. And he's like, uh, you know, it's, it's been an incredibly tough year for me. Um, or I, I think at first he was like, um, like first I want to thank my like beautiful, wonderful wife, Linda. Um, it's been a really tough year for me. I've been through a lot personally. Um, uh, and then he says something else and he was like, but that's why you buy insurance. <laughs> and then he walks off stage. <laughs> Short and sweet. I thought that was really clever. Like, Talking to the audience, still a little vulnerable, short and sweet, like, yeah. And then we'll, we'll finish the scene, then we'll touch on it. And then, okay. you know, he's having some drinks, he's mingling, then uh, the party's finishing up, he's going to, you know, the nice fancy elevator to go upstairs with his wife. And she yawns, and he's like, oh, you're tired, babe. And he turns around, and there's some little young cute little young girl in a cocktail dress kind of just gives him a little eyebrow and he's like oh she wants me and like just stares at her back and he's like oh he's like do you want me to go actually babe I I'm kind of feeling like I need a nightcap because he sees the wife's tired so he's like I, I need one more drink at the bar and she's like babe do you want me to stay with you he's like no no you go up like I want to celebrate it's my night gives her Big old kiss, goodbye, sends her upstairs. And then goes to the bar. He tells the bartender, I love it, little Chandler says Baker Mayfield. He's like, I need something dangerous tonight. Oh, my God. I, this, I did not like the scene. Lester, I thought, you know, he did this terrible thing. Yeah. It, it, it gave him a better life. Like, take the better life right. and just live with it. He's always, he's got to do something else. So he's going to cheat on his wife who 
you know, from every re- regard or from every perspective that we have, it's like a lovely person who really likes him and cares about him and loves him, unlike his old wife. And now he, he sees a hot little thing, and all it took was, was just like a, a look. Yeah. And he's going to cheat. <laughs> See, and that's the thing. Okay. Neither of us here are proud, outwardly cheaters. But are you going to cheat? in the same hotel that your wife is staying in? Like, if you're going to at least be a cheater, can we at least diversify? Like, cheat when she's out of town or when you are out of town. You know what I mean? It's, I know there's no levels to this, but isn't that the better cheater rather than the cheater? No. no, no. The cheater who sends his wife upstairs to oh, go oh, actively. So, so, so you'd rather him cheat in, in, in their bed when she's not there. That's not what I then, said. Then in some random hotel room. I said, say wifey's on like a week-long business trip and you went out with the boys and something happened compared to, oh, this girl looked at me, babe, you go on. I'm going to take care of this one real quick. I, I don't think there's levels of cheating. Wow. It's like sin. One sin's a bad sin. They're all sin. Is it? Is it, it can we it at least... Cheating, yeah. Can we at least do, there is difference between sex, kissing, and anything there else? Is. Okay. There, there is. Like, right. still, still cheating. Yeah. But, but there is a difference there. If you have sex, there is no, like, levels of sex. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was an anal, babe. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of TCS days. Yeah. <laughs> See, oh. Sorry, we don't got to get too sidetracked on that one. But if you kiss, do you, should you even tell? I feel like if you kiss, that's something you should just take to the grave. This is me. Yes, you. T- okay, we're we're we're, just, we're, just, okay. we're not gonna keep going down this track. I, I think you're gonna you're gonna get dig yourself a hole that you're not gonna be able to get out of. So we're, we're just gonna stop there. All right. Lester is at the bar. He's drinking. He's making small talk. He has his award. Uh, there on the bar, he's sort of every so often he glances at this girl and smiles and she's glancing back and smiling and he's feeling it, himself. Yes, Lester. And then he turns over. And at this bar, he's, he's sitting at the bar top and then this girl's with her friends at, um, sitting at a table to, to the left of him. There's tables all around. He turns to the right. And who does he see? None other. One year later, in Vegas, in the same hotel bar as him. Looking just as distinguished, too. Looking good with some gray hair. Lauren Mother Effin Malvo. And he knows right then that, in my opinion... This is not a coincidence. And in fact, his life, this great life that he's lived the past year, the high, the, the high mountain he's on, it's all about to come crashing down. Wow, this is why I'm not a writer. I'm thinking it's all a coincidence. <laughs> no way. No way. It's Malvo. Then, exactly. That's what I'm like. If it's Malvo, then clearly it's not. And he, the inch, it like literally less, it was all you know, built for Malvo. He was just watching him, creeping, waiting. Yeah. Ugh. I thought at the very end, 
the camera was just staring at Malvo and it was getting closer and closer and Malvo was talking to this group of people and he's, he's sort of controlling the conversation, making people laugh, having a good time. I, I was hoping that his head would turn and he would meet Lester's eyes because then I would, I would know that that's what happened. Uh, that, that didn't happen. But but I think it's gonna come out next episode, and that's when we get to predictions. I'll get there. But like, I I think. I think there's something there. But okay, speaking of Lester's award, you really don't think he used, like, as a sales tactic, that my wife died, so you never know. Like, as a 35, 40 year old man. Maybe I just. How else do you like go this from is, this is this is based on 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 true events and so this I believe that this must have happened, but how do you win insurance salesperson of the year in Bemidji, Minnesota? Because like, I think he you know went to all those small towns and he they were getting big policies because he had a story. Like like I, you, I think I think there's more people in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Than there is in Bemidji, Minnesota. So how's the like Brooklyn rep not gonna win this? Well, there's so much more competition and so many more uh, people, like so many different insurance agents, so many like Lemonade compared I'm sorry. to. They're, they're they're just there are awards that aren't meant for people in Bemidji, Minnesota, and it's not salesman of the year. And this is one of them. Yes, but but. You know, given that he did win, he he must have he must have spun his life story or something. Oh, he was um, looking good in that suit, though. I like it. He was. He was looking very good in that suit. Um, and I think the final scene of the episode was we're back in the file the filing room okay. of the federal building, the FBI building. Um, for some reason, I thought this was back one year prior. Because we see uh, 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 Agent Budge and Agent Pepper, Key and Peel, sitting in the same room. Um, it's, in fact, a year later. It's, it's the same timeline. Um, and, and Budge, uh, Key, is, is telling this, this sort of, like, parable. <laughs> He's like, um, so we're... We're in a filing room, like we're in a files room. If you remove one file for the room from the room, it's still a filing room. But at some point, if you remove one at a time, you no longer have any files. So is it still a filing room? And then he was like, and then you, you'll have negative files. And then his partner's like, how do you have negative files? And he was like, well, well, like, just forget about that. It's, it's the logic. Like if you're in a grave, if you're in a cemetery and you remove one grave, it's still a cemetery. But what happens when you remove all the graves? What do you, is it still a cemetery? What do you think? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's how it starts with just what you calling it a cemetery. And that's what it's used. So, so there's, there's a famous, like, uh, I've, I've heard this before, but not, not in the like cemetery or filing cabinet, but let's say you have a boat, like a, a big, a big wooden ship 
and you replace each board one at a time until you've replaced every board, is it a new ship? Is it a new boat? No, it's refurbished. But every single board is new. I mean... Like, what, what about it is the old thing? The, like, soul of the boat? Like, well, what's... Because some of the pieces, like, unless you replace them all at this exact same time, but if you replace new boards with the old boards and, like, it's a gradual process, some of those new boards have then, you know, been part of that old board process, you know, and it's a slow, gradual process. If it was overnight, then it'd be a whole new boat. But some of those new boards none, were influenced of, by the old the, boards. None of the old... None of the parts of the old boat are there. They're all gone. How is now, it but they boat? weren't immediately. But how? But what does that matter? I think it does because time of, doesn't make something new or old. I mean, new. No, it was affected by it. Whether it was because when things touch, you know, the vibrations of the old board played to where they were weathered with the old boards. So the like soul of the boat is transferred through vibrations. I'm talking about because the soul of an inanimate object is weathered. Like, you know what I mean? Do you not agree? Like a football, a basketball, the soul of that is not the like weathering on it. You don't think so? Mm, no. Because but th so then like, what would you describe the soul of if, an inanimate object then? Is is its physical parts? Like I, I have a table that I'm that's in front of me right now. Mm -hmm. If it has five parts, it has four legs and a top. If I replace one leg one day, another leg another day, another leg, another leg, and then the top, it's a brand new table. Like the Gee. old table, the like the four legs and the top of the old table are right behind me, and this is new. I guess if you want to put it on that point, then I would say once the final piece has transitioned out, that's when it's no longer. But I was just thinking, because yes, it's no Maybe, longer. Maybe, but, but, but there's an argument for the other side too. Like, don't, so was it a new table? Of course it's a different table. Yes, it's a new table as soon as one piece is changed. Like, uh, we're, we're all different instantaneously, but I'm saying, what do you mean by new or different? Because well, if you that's, replace... That's the question. Yeah, that, well, yeah, exactly. Because I'm like, you like, can replace one leg, and it's still a new table. It's not the table it was. It's not the table it's going to be. It's a new... It's its own thing. Like, at, at what point does a cemetery that has no graves, where there's now a condo sitting on top of it, no longer a cemetery? Oh, like that. It's a good question. That's a good question. And I it's, feel it's like a, it's it's an ancient like, parable. Yeah, point. that's more. Yeah, yeah. Because you have to think of more of like yeah the soul and the more meaning yeah. rather than yeah. the physical. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, and then uh, Peel is just bouncing a ball against the wall. Uh, if you look at the wall the part of the wall that he's bouncing the ball up against is like the paint has chipped away. So he's clearly for the past year done nothing but bounce this ball against the wall. 
I'm not sure what they're looking for. I'm not sure what their actual day job is. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would quit. Like, if I'm just in a room doing nothing for an entire year. But I, I think some people would think that that's great, that they don't have to do anything to earn money. But I think that's terrible. Like, I think I would be so bored. Not when you wanted to be in the FBI. And that's the thing. They know you exactly. work so hard to be in the FBI that they know you're not going to just quit because... If that's the type of work you're doing, there, you're going to do there private are other, security. There are other three-letter agencies that you can go to. You cannot, bro. After getting demoted from the FBI, you think Homeland or the CIA you, you, is going to... You, you parlay that to the CIA. Oh, CIA, <laughs> NSA, DHS, yeah. one of them. Maybe the, what's it called? TSA. Service. Maybe the TSA. <laughs> you do not get to go after being demoted. I don't think you can get demoted in w- one of those services to go laterally. I think if unfortunately, you fucked up in one. Unfortunately, there wasn't a TSA in 2007. Oh, there wasn't? Oh, that's an, I didn't know that was a new thing. Uh, maybe. It was a 9-11 thing, so maybe there was. I forget that happened in 2001. Wow. Damn, what was flying on a plane before we were? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Because there are TSAs everywhere. There's like fucking 20 of them, even in the smallest airport. Yeah. You used to be able to, like, go straight up to the gate. Oh, and say bye to people? Oh, like say bye to people. On friends and stuff. That was. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, But so uh, he's. Peel is bouncing this ball up against the wall. There's this board. There's this like big pe- pegboard on the wall. It falls down. Behind it, we see the picture of Malvo that they taped on the wall uh, their first day that they got a, that they arrived. Um, and that's it. End of the episode. Yeah. So on to predictions. On to predictions. On to predictions. My least favorite part of the podcast. Because you're always wrong. I'm a viewer, not a writer. Okay, yet. <laughs> my, my big prediction, I have two predictions. Uh, my first prediction is that Malvo is there for a reason, and he's there to get back what Lester got from him. He's going he's gonna to ask for money. He's going to ask for... Lester to do things. Lester's going to have to like try to explain to his wife why all this is happening and why he has to do this stuff. Lester's going to become the old Lester again because that's who he was before Malvo and Malvo is going to knock him down a few pegs. And I think it's going to be incredible to see. I mean, I trust your predictions and that makes sense, but I'm like, what does Malvo get out of that? He did this man a favor by killing his bully so you're going to come back and bully him? I just, you know what I mean? Like, you knew yeah. who you were killing someone for, a, a very <clears throat> passive guy. So, you, of course, someone was going to, he was going to tell someone. I, but, but I think if, if Lester, you know, stayed Lester, this wouldn't have happened. But Lester's now in Vegas accepting an award, like getting hit on by this good-looking woman. Like, Lester's a new man. And I think Malvo's going to say, like, you know, I did you a solid. Like, now it's time to do me a solid. Wow. I thought Malvo was better than that. 
I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't I don't see another reason why he is at the same bar in the same hotel in Vegas, same moment Lester's there. You're right. I think he's uh, been tracking this for a while. And the girl could be paid by Malvo completely. Maybe. Like not the Linda, I'm talking about the girl who winked no, no, at him. The yeah, the, the cocktail dress girl. Mm. Yeah. Woo. We got two more episodes to figure it out, but I think that's what I'm saying. Like I think there's a lot left. Yeah. I think the story is not done. I think uh, Gus finally dies. My boy Gus. I mean, his story has been written. We see him in love, and he brings nothing else of value anymore. Like, Molly's no, going to have her, I, you know, Molly could yeah. be the godmom. And, like, we're just like, yeah. just take over he, that. The, he doesn't bring any value. You're totally yeah. right. He's a bad cop. He's not even a cop anymore. Right. He's, he's a man. Yeah, he's a literally irrelevant cast member. He's like yeah. the dad. So. Yeah. And yeah. I think it just maybe it's time. Yeah. I don't think he's going to die. I think if he was going to die, he would have died. There's no way that he almost died that many times and then dies at the end. Uh, remember the scene with the Jewish priest or the, what's it called, rabbi? Oh, I was getting so excited. He was about to kill him. And Malvo, you know, the first episode of the series, Gus catches him yeah and malvo's like you don't want to do this you got family like turn around and so he stands up to this cop and he's like turn around and that that moment haunts gus for the rest of his life but then this jewish jewish priest comes up and scares him off like yeah. i don't know why it's crazy kill him there he got his silence around. You know, like Malvo's just yeah. like, why is this guy talking to me? <laughs> uh, my other prediction, and uh, I think you said this a little bit earlier, um, that the two FBI officers have a larger role to play. Why else are they still here if they don't have a larger role to play? I think Key and Peel, Officer Budge, Officer Pepper are going to be the ones who bring in Malvo. They're going to catch him and they're going to bring him in and the end of the story will be Malvo getting arrested, getting caught for all the things that he did by Officer Budge and Officer Pepper. Wow. Hmm. Okay. Prediction. Prediction. Yeah. Yeah. Something's happening with the African boy, unless he just wasted five minutes of our lives. I, th- I think he wasted five minutes of our lives. And that's what I mean by the in-between scenes. I felt like a lot of the, the washing machine scene, in-between scene, that was a complete waste of time. Like, the cake scene with the Thurman's wife. Like, that's what I'm like. The episode was a good 15 minutes of wasted but like, energy. But, like, all that sets up Molly and Gus getting married. No, because that this, was this, the suitor. This African oh, kid. Like, like, I don't. I don't. <laughs> unless he, like, jumps in front of a bullet for Bill or something. <laughs> like, I, why is he here? Like, yeah. I, I think the episode was written and it was five minutes short. <laughs> and they just threw this in. Wow. Because, 
It's the weirdest scene I've. That's just the most random scene. That's more random than Molly meeting up with her friend yeah. talking about the sex spiders. Because at least that was just like a minute and a half of comic relief, and you understood she had friends, and it like. Yeah. Because that's just the. It's weird that you meet your adopted African kid in a grocery store. That's just. Who's been like <laughs> barely surviving for the past three months because you lost him? Like, and he's afraid to go to the authorities, but he's in a foreign country with no. I'd, I'd rather be in jail than some foreign country with no idea what I'm doing. And like, if you own this store and you see the only African person <laughs> that you've ever seen in your life yeah. come in every day and then leave and never buy anything, don't you get a little suspicious? Yeah, that's... I don't know. Yeah, weird, weird, weird scene. I, I, I have it. high hopes for episode nine. I think we're going to get back on track. I think th- this episode, the train was full steam ahead. We have not left the tracks, and it's going to keep going. And I have high hopes for the next two episodes. This episode reminded me of the final season of Game of Thrones, where it's like, all right, let's just oh add a bunch of stuff in the final That's disrespectful. That's disrespectful. The final season of Game of Thrones might have been the worst season of television ever. It, okay, if it was drawn, like I said, it was just rushed. We went again from such a slow moving to episode eight. We get random scenes. We fast forward a year and it's just kind of. There's, not, there's nothing else to tell. His brother is in jail. Lester's having the time of his life. He's married. Molly's pregnant. Like, you know what I suggest? Cut, like make episode seven a little bit longer and you cut out the bill mushroom omelet scene like just all these weird that's like and i know they help illustrate but by season episode eight we know how weird bill is we don't need to hear that she wrapped an omelet in foil i need to let it digest before he talks to molly like bill sitting in his office and he's like someone wants you and he's like i can't i just ate I need to let it digest. Uh, like, you're not going for a run. Yeah. You're just like talking, talking to someone. To someone. Yeah. <laughs> what? Like, I don't know what you need to let digest. Like, imagine <laughs> everyone in their job said that. <laughs> Yeah. Like, let's go to work. Sorry. <laughs> I can't concentrate. My food needs to digest. Like, oh. That was funny. That was funny. But like, that was funny. The African kid scene wasn't yeah. funny. Like, I don't, he's dying. He's going to die. <laughs> That's what, yeah, he's going to He's dead. He's yeah. dead, yeah. Malvo just sees him like, black dude, he's going to recognize him. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, dead. All right. This is a good episode. Uh, episode eight is wrapped up. Episode eight wrapped up. We got two more until the end of season one. It'll be the first season of Fargo Watch Party. We'll be done, and we'll see what we're going to do next season. Two more left, though. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks, everyone. We're presented to you by the Modern Podcast Network. I'll see you next Friday. Bye. Bye.